Welcome to episode 105 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book called Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. I've also had the honor of authoring the American Society of Civil Engineers Careers and Leadership column for the past few years. And now here's a short preview of this episode in which I'll be speaking with Lindsay O'Leary about her career path from a civil engineer to now working full-time as the executive director for the ASCE Texas section. After spending 10 years in the field of engineering and working on the design projects and dealing with the billable hours and kind of being a mid-level project manager and the complications that sometimes come along with that, I was really ready to jump out and try something different. And I knew that if I didn't like it, I still have my professional engineering license. My co-host Chris and I both believe that in order to be the best civil engineer you can be, you must consistently get better. Get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we published this free podcast to help you do just that. As mentioned in this episode, I will be speaking with Lindsay O'Leary. Lindsay serves as the executive director for the ASCE Texas section. Yes, the Texas section of the American Society of Civil Engineers actually has three full-time staff members, and Lindsay is fortunate to be one of them. In this full-time role, she is devoted to the advancement of the civil engineering profession, the leadership of the section, and growing the membership of the section's 15 branches, obviously a big section down there in Texas. Lindsay previously worked in the fields of civil and environmental engineering for 10 years, providing a comprehensive range of consulting services to private and public sector clients. She is a licensed professional engineer in the state of Texas and a lead accredited professional. She also holds a BS in civil engineering from the University of Central Florida. She's been married to her husband, Kevin, since 2009 and enjoys cooking, gardening, practicing yoga, running, swimming, and when vacation time allows snowboarding. And I wonder if there's any snowboarding in Texas. I'm not sure. Of course, maybe she travels somewhere else. I was really, really excited to bring you this conversation because how often do you get to hear from a civil engineer who's practiced in the private sector? She's worked, done work for public agencies and now is representing civil engineers as a full-time job. So it's a very interesting conversation and the ability to ask questions of someone with these different types of experience. So before we jump in with Lindsay, this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free. So please support them. I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI, by asking you, are you thinking of taking the FEPE or SE exam next year? Stay tuned to this podcast for my recommendation on the best prep courses available for the licensure exams. Best of all, they're currently $500 off during PPI's early bird registration period. For more information about this amazing deal and how you can make career advancement a reality next year, listen up later on in this podcast. I also want to say that we have finally, at your request, developed a do-it-yourself version of the Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. Many of our listeners were too busy to go through the courses and go through the live webinars. 
So we recorded all of them with webinar recordings with high quality audio, and you can now purchase it and do it by yourself. And this new version will be coming in December of 2018, which is just about around the corner here. And all the details will be available on engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. And if you're not familiar with the workshop, this is a five-week live workshop where we cover different management skill sets to help you become a better communicator, how to network and build relationships, be more productive, delegate more efficiently. And we offer these live sessions online. However, now we've developed a package that has all the recorded sessions and you'll still have access to a group coaching call. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And again, that'll be at engineer2manager.com in December. All right, so now it's time to dive into our civil engineering conversation of the week. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Now I'm excited to welcome Lindsay O'Leary, Executive Director for the ASCE Texas section, onto the Civil Engineering Podcast. Lindsay, welcome. Anthony, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and I appreciate the invitation. Lindsay and I met a while back when I had done a talk for ASCE down in Texas before I believe you had this position. But we met and we've kind of, I guess, kept up on, on LinkedIn and I noticed what you were doing now, which is not serving as an engineer. You're still serving engineers, but you're not practicing engineering anymore yourself. And I thought it'd be really interesting to talk to you about that. And also the fact that you're in Texas, which is, there's a lot of civil engineering going on in Texas, so we can get into that as well. So Lindsay, just to start us off, I mean, I gave you a bit of an intro before, of course, but take us through your career up to this point in terms of how you went from civil engineer to executive director for ASC on a full-time basis. Well, I'm a professional engineer licensed in the state of Texas, and I do work full-time for the Texas section of the American Society of Civil Engineers as the executive director. And I know to a lot of your listeners, that probably sounds like an odd job. But from your experience with NSPE in New York, I think you can relate. And what brought me to this role is I spent about 10 years as a consulting engineer, and I was ready to try something different. I love working with clients, writing proposals, project management. I saw the posting for the executive director of ASCE Texas section, and my first reaction was, wow, I didn't know it was possible to work for ASCE without moving to their headquarters in Virginia. And of course, my second thought was immediately, this sounds like my dream job. So in my current role, I spent a lot of time on the phone which is ironic that we're doing this interview over the phone as well. I work with about 30 board members and 25 or more committees at any given time. And so when you're working with that many different volunteers across the state, it's a lot of calls. But seriously, though, I don't have to be on every call. And in a nutshell, I'm here to support the members of ASCE throughout the state and help manage the Texas section office. I work directly with the volunteer leaders elected to serve on our section's board of direction. And we work to implement the strategic plan for the section and ensure that the Texas section continues to be one of the most active sections of ASCE. I can walk you through the story of how I got here, and then I could also tell you a little more about the job itself if you're interested. Well, I think one thing I want to just make very clear, or I don't want to assume all of our listeners know what ASCE is. ASCE is the American Society of Civil Engineers, which is a nonprofit association that, of course, serves civil engineers in the U.S. and beyond in some ways as well on many issues, advocacy issues. There's conferences, they have training, they have mentorship programs, they have all kinds of benefits. 
However, those of you that are involved in ASCE, you might be involved or you probably are involved as a volunteer, whether you serve on a board locally or you serve on a committee or whatever the case may be, which is why Lindsay was surprised that she could actually get a, a paying full-time job with ASCE. But however, in states that are rather large, like Texas, there often is a need for full-time staff for these associations because they're so large. So to that point, Lindsay, as a point of reference, tell us about the membership in Texas. How big is it? In Texas, we have about 10,000 members that belong to the American Society of Civil Engineers. Exactly. There's the point. So with 10,000 members, it certainly makes sense to have a staff there in Texas that can service those members and help to build and grow and, and, and service the engineers in the geographic location. So let's get into this journey now, Lindsay. You're working as a civil engineer, like you said. You enjoy working with clients. You enjoy doing those types of things. This job comes about. You see the job. You see the job posting. And you decide it's the right job for you. You think it looks like what you said was a dream job. Was there any hesitation around applying for this job or was it something that immediately you knew you wanted to do? I knew that I wanted to apply for the job. The hesitation was potentially the hours that the job entailed. It was listed as a part-time or full-time position. So the folks doing the hiring weren't exactly sure if they were going to settle on a full-time or a part-time. So I spoke with my husband, who also happens to be an engineer, you know, about our schedule and our finances. And we said, well, you should apply. And if they do want you part-time, then, hey, cool, you've got a part-time job and you can find other fun things to do in your free time. But it turned out that the folks who hired me from the board of direction, the volunteers, understood that having a full-time executive director in the office would really help us get to the next level and continue to implement all of the things we have identified in our strategic plan. I'm the first full-time executive director for the section. In the past, it has been a part-time role held by an engineer with a lot more experience than I have, somebody who's very close to retirement. So that was a little intimidating when applying for the job because I had identified the past executive directors and their resumes just look a little different than mine because of the age difference. I mean, I think too, part of the process of making that decision that would be an interesting thing to consider is you're really making a big career transition. I mean, you're not leaving your industry because you're still serving civil engineers, but you know, you're certainly making a conscious decision to stop doing engineering and then work at this nonprofit. So was there any reservations about that after going to school and working as an engineer? After spending 10 years in the field of engineering and working on the design projects and dealing with the billable hours and kind of being a mid-level project manager and the complications that sometimes come along with that, I was really ready to jump out and try something different. And I knew that if I didn't like it, I still have my professional engineering license. I could go out and find something new. I'm making a ton of connections across the state, so I have a really large network at the moment. But the work I'm doing is supporting all of those engineers, and I love it. I loved volunteering for ASCE. I'm passionate about helping others, which I think a lot of civil and environmental engineers can relate to. So right now, this is really just a great job for me. How long have you been doing this, Lindsay? I've been in this role for just about two years now. It's been two years. When you look back on that decision now, is are you happy? I am happy. The job is interesting, and sometimes it requires a little more time than I initially anticipated, but I do love every minute of it. 
I tell people it's like running a small business. There are things that I've had to deal with that I didn't anticipate on set. Things like HR matters, hiring new IT contractors, wrapping up a financial audit, purchasing phones and computer equipment. So there are these things that come along with running a small business that I'm now in charge of. And those are good challenges, good things to go through. Working for a larger engineering company previously, I was not as involved in those type of administrative decisions. So I'm happy to take on that responsibility. And the best part is working with the volunteers. They're usually happy and passionate about what they're doing. They're volunteering because they want to. No one's forcing them to participate. And really, the hardest part is probably also working with volunteers because they have actual paying jobs. And sometimes those jobs have immediate deadlines or priorities. So they've got to drop whatever they're doing with respect to being a volunteer. And I totally understand. I've been there before, but I can't give them a raise. I can't fire them. I can't give them a promotion. So it just brings a new level of challenges is managing people who are here because they want to be and they're volunteering and not having a financial incentive to work with can be a struggle. Sometimes it puts a strain on uh, meeting things like print deadlines or scheduling staffing time, but overall it's been working out well. Do you think you'd be able to do this job successfully if you weren't a civil engineer? No. I think that my background in civil and environmental engineering suits me really well in this role. I can quickly identify important issues that may require board action. When we're putting out technical documents, I can serve as a peer reviewer. There are things, especially things that come along with being a licensed engineer, that help me to appreciate the gravity of many situations. It's interesting when you think about that career decision that you had to make. I think this is an important thing to talk about because I'm sure that our listeners have to make decisions like this. They might be going from one civil engineering company to another, which is a different decision where you making a, a career transition of sorts. The interesting thing about your decision, and I'm only speaking from my own perspective on it, of course, is that I think it's a relatively low risk decision in that, and you already said this yourself in that, yes, there was a possibility that you would have worked part-time, which would have been probably a pretty significant pay cut from what you had in terms of lifestyle, et cetera. But on the flip side of it, if you did it for part-time and it didn't work out, I would imagine that you're one of the people in the state of Texas that know more civil engineers at this point than a lot of other people because you're constantly working with these companies and these volunteers on a daily basis. So you're building such a strong network in the civil engineering world that if something were to happen for whatever reason, there's plenty of people you could reach out to. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that helps me um, feel confident that if for some reason this doesn't go well, I've got a great network. But the other positive thing about having this network is I love connecting the dots. So if I receive a call or an email about a particular type of engineering work, I generally can just identify, okay, you need to contact this person. And if they're not the right person to know, they'll definitely know who to connect you to. So I think just being a connector and a resource is really helpful. And of course, we have LinkedIn and other social media platforms where people can get connected. Because I have the opportunity to work with these volunteers across the state on a pretty close basis, I get to know them and what they do, what type of projects they like. And so it's very easy for me to connect those dots when I need to. Yeah. And I just think that there's so many valuable lessons in Lindsay's career journey here, which is one of the reasons I wanted her to come on the podcast. You've heard of a couple of them already. One of them, which she's just talked about here is because Lindsay has this background in civil engineering and now she's this executive director for ASCE, 
there's so much value I think you can provide, Lindsay, to the members because of your knowledge as a civil engineer and your past work with ASCE. There's value in your ability to be able to take a phone call and funnel it to the right person because you understand what the person's asking for because you understand the background of civil engineering. And so I think it's a good lesson for people out there in that whatever you're doing, your background and your experience allows you to provide value to people. And the more value you can provide, I think the more valuable you can be in a position. And also probably the more fun you could have and more passionate you are, the more fun you can have in your job. So I think that that's one great lesson. I mean, do you agree with that, Lindsay? Absolutely. I think that as engineers, we're typically pretty detailed and a lot of us have, you know, three-year goals, five-year goals. We have what our projected career path might look like. But as you actually go along that path, different doors open for you. And sometimes just saying yes and trying something outside of the box can lead you to something that you absolutely love that you didn't even know was possible. When I was in college, I didn't even imagine I would work for a nonprofit association. I would have said, what's a 501c3? I don't even know. Yeah, you never know where your career is going to take you. So let me ask you this question. As the executive director of the ASCE Texas section, what are some things that keep you up at night or things that you're worried about with the society? Not just to look at the negative things, but I'm always interested in talking with leaders What are some of the challenges that the organization's facing that you have to think about? I would say finances is a huge challenge for the Texas section of ASCE, and it's probably another challenge for many other nonprofit associations. Most of our revenue comes from membership dues. And over the past decade, we've seen about a 15% decrease in membership. And I think that the way professionals are interacting these days are different than they were a couple decades ago. Going to meetings once a month with uh, a peer group of your industry professionals was really important before we could simply text and email each other. But now folks can communicate pretty organically. Having this shell of an association may not be as important to them. Employers may not be interested in sending their employees to these association events for networking and continuing education because they may be offering continuing education opportunities internally. So it's a challenge for us as an association to continue to provide value and demonstrate all of the wonderful benefits you receive from being actively involved. Just simply paying your membership dues once a year is really not going to get you to the level of value that is the fullest. If you sign up to be a member, but you attend meetings, you ask questions, you serve on a local board or maybe a statewide board, you're really going to get to know people throughout the industry. And that, to me, is some of the most significant value. Even before being an ASCE Texas Section staff member, ASCE had a significant impact on my career through networking and being able to actually change employers after a layoff. But in Texas, the challenges are certainly financial. Having an increasing number of members would be wonderful. We also have some huge challenges when it comes to staffing, workforce, labor. Most of the civil engineers I interact with say they can't find enough engineers to hire at their consulting firms. So we are in a need for more and more engineers. And of course, we all know Texas, everything is bigger, right? Well, we've got about 28 million people in the state or almost 10% of the country's population. And some of the estimates are as high as 1,000 people a day are moving to Texas. So that to me just screams, we need infrastructure, we need engineers. There's going to be a lot more engineer, civil engineers moving to Texas after they listen to this podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes, we're building everything. 
I do want to, of course, reinforce that Lindsay is in Texas, where there are more roads, a lot more land, and there are often a lot of needs for civil engineers. But I will say, I'm hearing that from companies all over the country right now that they need engineers and they're trying to find people, they're trying to hire the right people. So I think it is trending right now on a pretty big scale. And one thing too that I want to add to what Lindsay just said is I'm lucky enough right now to be writing a book for ASCE and it's allowed me to interview many high-level civil engineering executives. And one thing that they've, I swear almost every one of them has said this to me, is it's not joining the associations that's helped them to get to where they are. It's being active or very active in the associations. So it's like Lindsay said, it's getting on a board, serving on a committee, volunteering to help at a conference. It's those activities that are allowing them to build relationships with people, to interact with people, to really get involved with the community that's helping them to grow. And so if you're listening to this and you are a member of ASC or any association, and you feel for whatever reason like you're not getting a lot out of it, you have to ask yourself how involved you are. And I highly recommend that if you're not on a board or a committee of some sort, that you try to get on one. Because, and Lindsay, you can probably speak to this better than me, but most people that I talk to tell me that they get the most out of associations at that level. Through being involved in ASCE when I lived in Florida, I went through a layoff. And I didn't have a job as a civil engineer for an entire year because the economy was just really suffering. And finally, it was through an ASCE colleague. I said, I really need some help. And of course, as most members of ASCE, this request was met with kindness and an introduction to my soon-to-be boss at the time. So just leveraging those networks when you need them or being able to take part in perhaps preparing a technical report and adding that to your resume, I mean, those things really start to add up. And show maybe your current employers how much value you bring to the table. There's no doubt about that. And in fact, I'll tell you a quick story. I was in actually Austin, Texas one time myself, and I attended the professional ASC member section luncheon. And there was a student there from the University of Texas, and she came really for networking purposes. And I guess someone recognized her there and allowed her to stand up at the beginning of the luncheon and just tell the audience, the group, a little bit about herself. And for those of you in any other part of the country, when I say I, I attended like the monthly luncheon, these are a lot bigger than you're used to in Texas. These could be a hundred people at a luncheon as opposed to, I know in the Northeast, some, a lot of the ones that I've been to might be 15, 20, 30, whatever it is. So the point being is that she got up in front of a pretty large crowd, introduced herself, and I was just sitting there and I've told students this since that time, think about the courage and the confidence that she had and how it's going to pay off for her to go to an event. How many students there are at the University of Texas? There was no other students at this luncheon. And she introduced herself and she was networking with people. She had brought some resumes. So the point I'm getting at is that there's opportunities out there in these associations to meet people, to find opportunities like Lindsay said, but you have to do it. You have to get out there and do it. I know you're busy in your jobs. You've got a lot of projects going on. But you have to be proactive in building your network and associations just create this amazing avenue for you to do that. I agree. And the face-to-face -face interaction that you gain from attending some of these events is wonderful. I mean, again, LinkedIn, social media, it's out there. I use it. I like it. But it can't replace the face-to-face -face meetings and experiences. Lindsay, I know that, like you said, you're in Texas and people don't always understand kind of the size of different states and what's going on in those states. And I know you did a little bit of research for us. 
maybe you could just share some numbers with our audience so they can just kind of get a little bit of a, a picture on the stats there. So as I mentioned, we've got about a little more than 28 million people living in Texas. So that's about 10% of the country's entire population is here in Texas. If Texas were a nation, we would be the 10th largest economy in the world. We've got everything from construction to tech to health industries moving to Texas daily. We've got an Amazon headquarters or an Amazon huge packing facility in San Marcos, Texas, which is just south of Austin, the capital city. We are home to the fourth largest city in the country, Houston. Houston alone has over 2 million people living in it. And I will say Houston, the city of Houston recently hired its first female public works director who happens to be an ASCE board member, Ms. Carol Haddock. So we are hiring engineers. We are growing like crazy. Of course, we do face our fair share of challenges from Mother Nature. Just last year, Hurricane Harvey came through and the winds from the storm severely damaged our communities along the Gulf Coast. And the storm's rainfall was just an unprecedented amount of rainfall in the Houston and Southeast Texas areas. It overwhelmed our wastewater treatment plants. The flooding shut down some of our major roadways like Interstate 10. And the state is recovering still, but we're in the process of rebuilding, more resilient than ever. Houston is within Harris County, Texas, and Harris County voters recently approved a $2.5 million infrastructure bond. So we're growing, we need infrastructure work, and it's very clear the message from the public is they want better infrastructure. So with civil engineers, that's a huge call to action for us. Lindsay, let me ask you this before you go on about Harvey. What was that like for you, like in your position as the executive director of ASC in Texas when all that happened? Like, what were you dealing with? Were you getting calls? Was it different than the normal routine? What was going on? It was very different. I was actually floored when executive director of ASCE, Tom Smith, called me at the Texas section office and said, what can we do to help? What's happening? And so we started setting up calls with our members throughout the state as kind of a checkpoint to say, okay, how are things going in your city? What do you need? One of our members in Beaumont, Texas, was on the call, which was experiencing extreme flooding. And another member in Fort Worth, Texas, which was out of the path of Harvey, was on the call and heard that they needed supplies. So he personally gathered supplies through his ASC network in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and drove them to Beaumont, Texas. The outreach and the outpour of love and kindness, the neighborliness that is Texas was highlighted. And it was nice to be a point of coordination and to offer some help, even though I was you know, geographically quite separated from the areas impacted. I'm about two and a half, three hours away from Houston here in Austin, Texas. I mean, I could just imagine though, I mean, it's one thing to be a civil engineer in Texas when something like that's happening. And I'm sure many civil engineers were involved in the efforts, however it may have happened. But I also, I could imagine you being in that position as executive director, like you said, Tom Smith's calling you, you know, there's a lot of coordination. It's a completely different ballgame in terms of kind of the impact you can make or just your ability to help in that situation, which I think is an interesting place to be. Oh, absolutely. We were able to put out some news articles so that we could educate folks across the country about what was happening here in Texas. And just being able to work behind the scenes and get the information out there, that itself was generating a ton of support through supplies and financial support. And that was a great feeling. 
we've kind of, I think we've gotten the picture here that Texas is rather large. <laughs> yes. As a civil engineer, it is. I've been there many times. And when you, when you drive around as a civil engineer in Texas, it's very eye-opening. It's funny. People sometimes make fun of me, my friends, if I'm on a road trip or something with them. And I'm looking at the catch basins and the drainage structures and the way things are laid out. There's much of that to see in Texas and it's different in different locations. So it's definitely an interesting place to visit. And it sounds like the job you're doing is a great one. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a break, but Lindsay and I are going to come back in a minute and we're going to put Lindsay onto the civil engineering hot seat. You ready for that, Lindsay? I'm kind of nervous, but I think I can handle whatever you're going to throw at me, Anthony. All right. We'll be right back. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right. Now it's time to put Lindsay O'Leary, Executive Director for the Texas ASCE section on the Civil Engineering Hot Seat, which in today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, PPI. All engineers know that one of the best ways to advance in your career is to get licensed. Why not make getting licensed one of your resolutions for 2019? The perfect way to ensure that you're fully prepared for the exam is to take a prep course. PPI offers the most comprehensive and supportive prep course program out there. And right now, all PPI prep courses are $500 off. Yes, you heard me right. All PPI prep courses are marked down by $500. Don't let this deal slip by. It ends on December 6th. Make a commitment to getting licensed in 2019 and enroll in a PPI prep course today. Visit ppi2pass.com to learn how you can enroll in a prep course for the FE, PE, or SE exam and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI, the number two, pass.com. All right, I'm back here with Lindsay O'Leary, Executive Director of the ASCE Texas Section, civil engineer who's transitioned into this role of leadership at a nonprofit. And now we're going to kind of pepper Lindsay with a couple of questions here related to her own professional development on the civil engineering hot seat. All right, Lindsay, first question, are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual or lunchtime routine, something that you do consistently on a daily basis that contributes to your success? Sure. Well, this one has absolutely nothing to do with civil engineering and more of my mental health is I am a total health nut. So I always make sure that I pack my lunch and have something healthy to eat for breakfast. And even if I have to work through lunch at my desk, it really helps ground me knowing that I've got food and I don't get hangry. Well, that's a good one and an important one. Listen, food's your fuel for your body, for your brain. So especially in a job like yours, where I'm sure you deal with so many people on a regular basis, you've got to have that energy. So that totally makes sense. All right, Lindsay, next one. What is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you found to be extremely helpful in your professional or personal development? So the book that really comes to mind is a very old book. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. So again, that's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It was published back, I think, in the 1930s. And I'm sure a lot of folks listening are like, why would I read such an old book? But the lessons in that book really focus around how to interact with others and how to be nice. And these days, I feel like we all need another lesson on how to be nice, respectful, manners are important, they show we're from a civilized society. So I really like that because when you're interacting with others in engineering, 
You're not always sitting behind your desk. You're dealing with clients. You're dealing with colleagues. You might be speaking with the public or agency leads. And how to deal with people is just important and communication skills. There cannot be enough said and enough learned to improve your communication throughout your career. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that one. But <laughs> Yes, um, of course. <laughs> but no, that's one of my favorite books. I have it on audio and I listen to it all the time. And Dale Carnegie actually started probably 100 years ago in New York City with classes dedicated to helping engineers with their communication skills, which is interesting. I learned that about him. And believe it or not, Lindsay, we've done about 110 episodes of this podcast and about 30 to 40 people have said that book. That's awesome. Yeah. So it is one of the books that comes up on a very regular basis, which is great because that means a lot of people are working on their people skills, which is what we want to hear. Next question. We got two left here. Think as an engineer in your engineering career of the different managers that you had. Who was one manager, not by name here, but if you think of one manager that you really loved, maybe your favorite manager, what was the reason that he or she was your favorite manager? What is a trait that stands out in that effective manager? I had a manager that I really had a love-hate relationship with. One of the things that I loved was the pushing and the constant reinforcement of professional development and continued education. One of the things I hated was the constant redlining of my reports and my writing style. But looking back in retrospect, having a manager that really critiqued my work and gave me very detailed advice helped me to learn and advance really quickly because as an engineer, I thought, hey, I love math and science. I'm not going to have to write anything. Wrong. (laughs) With reports and emails, writing is hugely part of our job. So having a manager that really gave me detailed critiques was very helpful. And also this person encouraged me to be involved in professional associations and attend conferences, but not just attend those conferences, present a paper or a poster. And in fact, I wasn't allowed to go to a conference with company support unless I was actively participating. So that was huge. All right. I've got one final question for you, Lindsay, and we call the civil engineering career elevator advice question. So if you got into an elevator with a civil engineer and you had about 30 to 40 seconds with him or her, and you had to give him or her career advice in that very short period of time, what would it be? I would say invest in coffee dates or coffee meetings. So the idea is you meet somebody, you think they might be able to help advance your career, you find them interesting, you want to get to know a little bit more about them, invite them to coffee. It's cheap. It doesn't drag out like maybe an uncomfortable happy hour. But get to know somebody and buy them a cup of coffee or tea or decaf because it's inexpensive and it's not a huge time commitment and it really helps you to work on developing relationships. All right. So Lindsay, before we let you go and get back to helping civil engineers across the great state of Texas, tell us about how engineers in Texas that might want to get involved with ASCE can learn more about your organization. Certainly. So for those listeners in Texas, the Texas section of the American Society of Civil Engineers has 15 branches across the state, one in every major city, even smaller cities. So there are places for you to get locally involved. Our website is www.texasce.org. Again, that's www.texasce.org. And you can find information for those local branches. So wherever you are, you can go and join a local ASCE meeting. 
We're always looking for volunteers at the state level as well. I think a lot of folks may not realize how active we are at the state level. We hold an annual conference called the Texas Civil Engineering Conference, or CECON. We produce an infrastructure report card for the state. We also hold an annual conference for students called the Student Symposium, which is home to their concrete canoe competition and home to all of the Texas-Mexico regional student conference activities. So we actually get over 25 universities from Texas and Mexico at those events. So if you're looking to recruit those future civil engineers, the Student Symposium is the place. All right, Lindsay, that just reinforces how busy you are and how much work you have to do there at ASC in Texas. And I wish you all the best with that. And thank you so much for spending some time here with our listeners. Oh, you're welcome. And it's been a pleasure. Thanks for hosting. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Lindsay O'Leary. It's not often that you get to speak to an engineer who's made that kind of a transition in his or her career. And it was really interesting to me to kind of hear how her experience with engineers now allows her to help civil engineers on a day-to-day basis. And knowing Lindsay and I did meet her, I know she'll be successful in that position. All right, before I let you go, I just want to remind you, as I said earlier, our Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. We now have a do-it-yourself version coming out in December 2018. There'll be a special on it, an end-of-the-year special, which means you'll be able to take this course on your own time with recordings, with handouts, and we'll still have a live group coaching call available to you to ask questions. I know one of the comments or concerns about many of our listeners who wanted to take the workshop was that they didn't think they'd be able to get on the live webinars because of work, because the calls are in the middle of the day. And so we've developed this other option. All of the details will be available at engineer2manager.com in December of 2018, and you'll be able to enroll and take advantage of this special offer. Remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 105. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode with Lindsay, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success. 